Okay, let's do a sound check. <laughs> this is our sound check for the third time. <laughs> for the third dim-a-dang time. Welcome back to Gumshoe Weekly, the epicenter of murder, of mystery, of mayhem. I'm your host, Brianna. I'm your host, Joint. Now there's a T in it. (laughs) I'm going to add a letter every time we have to start (laughs) re-recording. I mean, at that point, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Why not? Be a fucking sentence by the end of the night. (laughs) Uh, Joint custody. (laughs) (laughs) That's something to do with my story. (laughs) All right. Uh, I have a question. What's your question? Um, what is, what would you pick for your last meal? Ooh. Um, I would pick, my sister makes this amazing chicken pesto. Uh And it's a breaded chicken. It's a pasta in, made in pesto. There's a lot of lemon juice involved. (laughs) Okay. And that's what I would ask for. That sounds pretty good. Coincidentally, it's also what I ask for most birthdays. So <laughs> I, I already get it once a year. <laughs> and I know what dessert I'd pick too, which is also what I ask for every birthday. So what is that? <laughs> it's a black forest cake with cherries in it that my mother used to make for my for well for events. Uh-huh. But I request it for my birthday every year. My sister makes it. A different way every year. One time she made it with cheesecake in the middle of it. It was fucking delicious. She makes it good that every year. That sounds crazy. <laughs> yeah. She's a master of her trade. That sounds good. Um, I don't know what I would pick. It would definitely be something like my mom makes. Um, probably like rice and beans, chicken cutlets breaded, and an avocado. Nice. Like just perfectly ripened avocado with tons of salt. Mm-hmm. And then I'd have Oreo cheesecake. Yeah. My aunt is a killer baker. So I'd have her make the Oreo cheesecake. And I don't want a slice. I want the whole fucking cake. <laughs> I will eat this entire cake. Actually, I would have it half pecan cake because she makes a really good caramel pecan cake, uh, cheesecake. And the other half Oreo cheesecake. I'm playing with my name tag. Sorry for all the clicking. Let me take it off. <laughs> it didn't even occur to me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's what I would have for my last meal. Yeah, that we'll sounds really good. <laughs> I like that you involve two people in the process, too. So they oh, both yeah. have to be there in the prison. Because <laughs> that's where last meals happen. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> well, that's what I would pick. Okay. Um, I have a question for you. But first, I just wanted to tell you that I've been watching a lot of Clarice. And by that, I mean I watch it every week when it comes out. And they finally showed... <laughs> Kind of what went down in Buffalo Bill's house okay. in the last episode, and it was driving me insane. I need you to watch that show so we can talk about it. <laughs> okay, I'll watch the show. I do need like my own. No, Alonzo want to watch it. The thing is, like, Every if show, it's something, he's <laughs> like, I'll watch it too. And I'm like, oh, I just want because I like to watch the whole fucking thing yeah. right then and there. Yeah, that bitch wants to drag it out. Tell him to watch it separately, and then you'll talk. <sighs> It doesn't work for it. (laughs) He wants to sit down together right next to each other. 
and watch it. So clingy. He's so (laughs) So clingy. clingy. And then he tries to be fucking Joe Cool, like, fuck you, asshole. Yeah. Who do you think you are? Yeah, fuck you. (laughs) So I think I gotta watch it, like, on the down low. (laughs) Yeah, I think so, too. Oh, my God, we never finished that TV show. Uh, yeah, oh my god. <laughs> Another fucking one. That one we might have to watch from the beginning because I don't remember shit. I don't either. <laughs> I just remember she was a weird creep yeah. on that guy and the kid went missing and it was all thing. That was, there's yeah. some dude who lives in a basement <sighs> against his will. Okay, well, anyways, I don't know if they are warping Buffalo Bill's voice because of like her memory of it. Like, to make him sound scarier, or if that's actually how he talks. But that's fucked up if it is how he talks, because he is like, <clears throat> he's like, what is it like to be so beautiful? And it's just, like, really gross <laughs> and deep, and you feel bad listening to it. I don't think it was that deep in the other movie. It was horrifying, and I don't remember the other movie, and I don't think I ever saw the whole thing. But if they're doing it as a memory, I could see them, like, yeah. amplifying it. That would yeah. make sense. It's tv it's, it's cuckoo bananas it is cuckoo bananas yeah. what was the question my question is oh okay <laughs> would you uh-huh do you uh-huh. find the thin man from charlie's angels attractive and forgive me if we've already uh, spoken on this topic <laughs> i feel like we've spoken about this topic on a personal level because <laughs> it's so important not in a podcast level. Well, i'm bringing um, it to the forefront I feel like yes, but I hate that I say yes. <laughs> Same. Because it's like, ew. I feel like yes, but I recently rewatched the one movie where he dies, and I got so sad. Because wasn't he, like, in love with one of them? Like, well, was, like, he a... kept ripping off Drew Barrymore's hair and smelling it, and then one time she would, because they were always like, Dylan loves the bad boys, and then... The creepy ones. <laughs> yeah. The, what is it? Creepy Thin Man, I think is his oh. name, which is basically just Slenderman. And one time she rips off his hair when she finds out he's not evil, and then she smells it and screams, and they both are like, what are, <laughs> what are we? What is this sexual energy? And then they become a thing, and then he dies saving her. In that same movie. I guess I have to rewatch these fucking movies. He's mute. I love him. Yeah. He is attractive in a way. And definitely a weird way. Yeah. Every time he does the weird scream, you're like, <laughs> like you're like scared. <laughs> I have to see what he looks like. Red flag central. Outside of that. I have it burned in my fucking mind. He's been in other shit. I know. And I know he God looks like normal. God help me if I can tell you what, though. I don't. I don't know. Creepy thin man. I just have his, like, screech playing in my head right now, and I don't like it. I looked up Charlie's Angels cast, and they gave me the fucking old 70s show. Hmm, and not the new one. Oh, I recorded the new one. I haven't watched it yet. I'll let you guys know if the creepy thin man's in it. Ripping For the new out one Kristen. with Kristen Hanna's hair. Yeah. <laughs> you know who I also thought was so hot from that movie? Dylan's ex, uh, back from when she was Helen's ass. And she dated that Irish. Um, the dude in the boat? Yeah. <laughs> I think. No, no, no. God, no. Not Tom Green. Uh, well, no. Like, are you serious? <laughs> what is his name? Is it the Tad? Is it the Tad? And she's like, it's a little bit the Tad. And then he falls off the front of his boat. His name is Crispin Glover. Yeah. 
obviously with a face and hair and body like that, his name is Crispin Glover. No, her ex who tries to kill her and he's like, I'm going to find you and I'm going to kill you. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And he then was in What's Eating Gilbert. Oh my God, well. he was in a lot of movies. Interesting. I have to. The more I think about this, the more I have to watch that recording of the new one. Okay, let's let's okay. get into this. Let's yeah. get into our show. <laughs> yeah. Let's get into why we're really here. Okay. Um, so, this is a Mayhem episode. And he's an American Gods. Sorry. <laughs> he is. Yeah, he's Mr. World. Oh. He's the biggest of the new gods. I also have that recorded. Haven't watched it yet. The second, the third season. He plays Marty McFly's dad. That's where I thought he was cute. Stop. Yeah. You don't. I do. <laughs> I like when they're a, w- a little weird looking. You're like, what's happening here? And what is Alonso? A little weird looking. He's covered it's, in freckles. His freckles aren't weird though. Uh, I don't know. Some people would. Children think it's weird. <laughs> they just look at him like because, something's from, wrong with him. From a racial standpoint? No, from his face is literally covered in freckles. Is it just because like he's more well, I feel like he just reminds me of those anybody who has like red hair and a lot of freckles, if they're just because his freckles are like the dark of people who go actually in the sun with freckles. <laughs> Whereas everyone else who has freckles that doesn't go in the sun looks like me. Okay. Because I have very light freckles mm-hmm. all over. But... I think it's just kids are not used to seeing somebody that looks like that. Because... Maybe they think that he'll grow up, and when you grow up, you don't have freckles. Because freckles are like a cute little kid thing. Maybe. And they're like, you look like a grown-up. Why are your freckles there still? <laughs> you... <laughs> okay. I don't know. Let's get into other stuff. Okay, Cut well... All that out. <laughs> as we begin our episode... Our mayhem episode. What's more mayhem filled than me making mysterious food for you and then making you eat it? It's true. These cookies. <laughs> they. I'm going to take a picture of them for the podcast. Look like they have the rainbow back? in them. <laughs> they are Lucky Charms cookies. Oh, we have Lucky Charms cookies at work and mm-hmm. I heard they're not good. That's why I haven't bought them. Well, here we are. They came preformed. Preformed like the Pillsbury ones we told we were talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. They smell very good. They smell like a marshmallow. They do smell like a marshmallow. That's a good way to put it. Don't worry, they don't have the cat food pieces in them that come in like cat a farm food. cereal. <laughs> Tastes good. Tastes like a cookie. I'm not mad about it. The 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 mush- mushrooms. <laughs> the marshmallows are a little bit crunchy like they are in the cereal. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. I like that it doesn't taste like one giant mushroom. Nope. <laughs> Marshmallow. <laughs> I got you too. <laughs> one giant mushroom. <laughs> oh, fuck! <laughs> I like that it doesn't taste like that either. <laughs> Marshmallow. <laughs> Like you're learning English. <laughs> Have you ever seen any of the thumb movies? <laughs> the thumb movies? Mm-hmm. What's that? So there's a guy. Steve Oderkirk. Have you ever heard of him? Uh-uh. Sounds like a thumb. <laughs> he took 
a bunch of like really famous movies star wars the godfather titanic and he redid them as thumbs so he cgi faces onto thumbs mm. or feet for other characters or your chin for other characters mm-hmm. depending on the movie you were in and he did the blair witch project but he called it the blair thumb pro the uh, blair thumb Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he recorded the entire thing in black and white. He CGI'd faces onto thumbs and he put like hair and hats and shit on them. Anyway, the point of the movie, the point of the thing is one of the kids is like, yeah, I brought all the necessities. And then he has just a giant bag of marshmallows. And he goes, <laughs> mallows, 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 <laughs> marshmallows, <laughs> mallow baby. <laughs> That's cute. Me and my brother used to watch them over and over and over again. <laughs> and they're all so good now that I think about it. Anyway, let's let's move on to what we're here for. <laughs> Alright, let's slap hands. <coughs> Rock, paper, scissors, shoot, scissor. Paper. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, scissors, you win. That was quick. <laughs> that was quick. Alright, I want you to go first. Okie dokie. Artichokey. I didn't uh, pull my story up. Okay. <laughs> you were confident in winning. <laughs> and then I fucked your life up. Alrighty. Today we're going to talk about a little fun subject called last meals. <laughs> oh, that's why you... Okay. Yeah, I yeah, get yeah, it yeah. now. Foreshadowing. <laughs> I want you to know that my story is not about the thin man. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh. Okay. So, execution, as we all know, is already a grim topic of discussion. Mm -hmm. The more spoken about part that people are fascinated with are last meals, as we just said. So, last meal is a part of uh, the ritual of execution. When you read about major executions, you usually hear about the last meal or breakfast the prisoner had. While most prisoners spend their sentences eating what was provided with no choice, condemned inmates are traditionally allowed to choose their final meal. There's no date as to when exactly it was started, but there are mentions of it um, in the early 20th century. British reporters, before they were barred from hangings, would typically report on what the prisoner had for their final breakfast and whether or not they enjoyed it. Hmm. American reporters today often mention that prisoners um, what prisoners have for their last meal Although prison authorities often call it a special meal, deferring to the prisoner's feelings about their upcoming death. Oh. Which is nice, I guess. That is... <laughs> that is nice. Um, in medieval Europe, it had religious significance, dating back to when religion played a way bigger role in the daily life than it does today. And most people have the mental image of Christ... Most people have the uh, mental image of Christ's Last Supper and is often re- referenced... As a parallel to a modern-day convict choosing their final meal. Hmm. It also symbolizes a prisoner making peace with their executioner. That scared the poop out of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Usually it's so quiet in here. My fucking place is boop, 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 boop. Mm-hmm. Like, you hear everything. I think it was the person next door slamming their screen door. <sighs> or their door and then their screen door. Because then I heard the screen door after. Yeah. Well, that was... Okay. <laughs> Um, it also symbolizes a prisoner making peace with their executioner, breaking be- bread with them in the same way that Christ invu- in- 
invited Judas to the Last Supper. Judas. Fun fact, in modern-day Louisiana, a strongly religious southern state, Warden Burl Cain... Warden Burl Cain routinely invited condemned prisoners to eat their last meal with him and invited guests, hmm. offering the condemned Christian fellowship. Offering the condemned Christian fellowship, Cain still supervises the execution, but he extends the invitation regardless. Naturally, the inmates are allowed to um, uh, turn down the the invitation. Hmm. Um, this is also a tradition, not a rule or obligation. There isn't a law that entitles prisoners to anything more than the standard prison meal. It's a privilege, not a right, which I didn't know. Hmm. So that's interesting. There's I also, didn't know that either. Yeah, so we'll get more into that. Okay. Um, there's also a superstitious element to it. Um, in medieval Europe, many people believe that well-fed prisoners would be, could be executed and they didn't have to worry about them returning as ghosts. The quality of the final meal was also believed to influence the likelihood of them coming back. <laughs> if food and drink were top-notch when the prisoner... Oh my my God, Lord. Why am I so jumpy right now? What's wrong? <laughs> I don't know. Every noise is like literally like my body jumped both To times. be fair, it's very loud. <laughs> They're yeah. very loud noises. And this is why I hate loud noises yeah. when they come out of nowhere. Um, the quality of the final meal also was believed to influence the likelihood of them coming back. I was trying to burp. <laughs> oh, I was like, what's coming out of you? Like a little alien hand. <laughs> um, if food and drink were top-notch, then the prisoner was less likely to come back, haunting their executioner. Um, if poor, if the food was poor, they thought the prisoner would come back as a malevolent spirit, hell-bent on tormenting those involved in their death. It's also far more significant than being merely a kind gesture. It's an important part of the execution ritual and has been for centuries. Barring last-minute legal action, a prisoner's last meal is usually their last chance to control anything that happens in their final hours. Hmm. Modern ex- Huh? That's a good outlook. Yeah. <laughs> Modern executions are usually conducted according to strict timetables and rigid rules with minimal deviation. In the U.S., a prisoner might wait over 20 years before between sentencings and execution, so their last freedom of choice can be very important to them. Prisoners are permitted different things according to where they are located. In the United States, most states give the meal a day or two before execution, sometimes putting them on liquid diets after they if they request something really large. Mm -hmm. Alcohol or tobacco are usually, but not always, denied. Um... Unorthodox or unavailable requests are replaced with similar substitutes. Some states place tight restrictions. Um, in Florida, the food for the last meal must be purchased locally, and the cost is limited to forty dollars. Oh, in Oklahoma, that's not very good. Well, it gets better. In Oklahoma, cost is limited to fifteen dollars. No, Oklahoma. Yeah. Be ashamed. <laughs> in Louisiana, the prison warden traditionally joined the condemned prisoner for the last meal, like the guy that we spoke about. Mm -hmm. On one occasion, the warden even paid for an inmate's lobster dinner. Oh, that's sweet. The Texas Department of Criminal Justice no longer allows last meals. Um, condemned inmates get the standard meal before execution. That's sad. Well, somebody fucked it up for everybody else, so fuck that yeah. guy. I'll get into it. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes a prisoner asks to share their last meal with another inmate or has the meal distributed among other inmates. So those are some fun little facts about last meals. 
Okay. Let's get into some last meals, right? <clears throat> yeah. So we'll start with infamous serial killer Ted Bundy. After, of course. <laughs> after, of course. After confessing to the murder of 30 women, he declined a last meal, so he was offered a traditional plate of steak, eggs, hash browns, and coffee. Instead, instead, he ate none of it, um, and he was ex- uh, executed by the electric chair on January 24th, 1989. Didn't eat anything. I don't know if he didn't eat anything at all. I think they said a couple of days before. Yeah, he didn't eat anything, so. Uh, Timothy McVeigh. Vey? Timothy Mav- Timothy McVeigh was responsible for the 1995 Oklahoma City bombings that mm. killed 168 people and Ooh. injured hundreds, and it was the biggest terrorist attack before 9/11. Wow. The night before he was executed, he requested two pints of Ben and Jerry's mint chocolate chip ice cream for his final meal, and he was put to death by lethal injection in Indiana on June 11, 2001. So. Hmm. Victor Foger was convicted for the kidnap murder of Edward Dr. Edward Bartles. He requested a single olive with a pit for his last meal. His reason, he hoped that the that he hoped the tree that usually symbolizes peace would spout, sprout from his grave. The olive pit was found in his suit pocket when he was buried and he was executed by hanging on March 15, 1963 in Iowa. I don't know if they left the pit in there though. I wonder. They were probably like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Famous Eileen Carol Warner, serial killer sex worker convicted for the murder of seven men in Florida, declined a special last meal and was instead served a cup of coffee. Killed seven men. Okay. Serial killer sex worker convicted for the murder of seven men in Florida, declined a special last meal and was instead, instead served a cup of coffee. She was executed by lethal injection on October 9th, 2002. John Wayne Gacy, the serial killer also known as the Killer Clown, Mm -hmm. requested a dozen deep-fried shrimp, a bucket of original recipe chicken from KFC, french fries, and a pound of strawberries. He was executed by lethal injection on May 10th, 1994 in Illinois. They gave him all that? I guess if it's under a certain amount. I don't know what the rule is in Illinois. It's a whack. You sucked. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if it... I feel like they just give it to everybody. It's not like you're a terrible person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Margie Velma Barfield, a serial killer who was convicted of one murder but eventually confessed to six murders in total, Would and she would later be dubbed the Death Row Granny. Nice. Requested a bag of cheese doodles and a can of Coca-Cola in place of a formal last meal. A prison guard who um, a prison guard also gave her a Kit Kat as a special treat. I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> you only killed six people. <laughs> you had a Kit Kat. Oh, awesome. <laughs> um, hold on. She was the first woman to be executed by lethal injection in 1984 since the since the reinstatement of capital punishment seven years prior. James Edward Smith, last his last meal request, a lump of reaconda re, re dirt. So he wanted a lump of dirt. Um, this special reaconda dirt, which is, uh, it's associated with voodoo rituals. Ooh! Sorry, that was just so spicy. <laughs> 
He explained he would use it to mark his body so that his spirit would move on and not become a ghost. Since dirt was not on the institutional's list of approved foods, prison officials denied the request and Smith was given yogurt instead. Is that close? (laughs) That's their substitution. (laughs) Yogurt. Nature's dirt. (laughs) I guess depends what kind of yogurt. Nutrition's dirt. (laughs) Um, He was executed in Texas in June 1990. Mm -hmm. Uh, Philip Workman was convicted for the murder of a police officer in 1982. He declined his final meal and in place of it asked that a vegetarian pizza be donated to homeless people in the area. Oh. While prison officials refused to grant his wish, surrounding homeless shelters were inundated with pizzas in honor of Workman's request on the day of his execution. Oh. Yeah. He was put to death in May 2009 in Nashville. They would give John Wayne Gacy a full fucking three (laughs) meals, but they couldn't donate one pizza to a homeless person. Yeah. Just shows that institutions don't view homeless people as people. Mm. And that's on truth. And that's on America. And that's on America. Fuck it. <laughs> and I said what I said. Um, Lawrence Russell Brewer, a white supremacist who murdered James Byrd, whose case we did cover on episode 36, Ooh. Um, entitled For and By Cool People. That was a good one. Was a trash person. Um, he requested two chickens. Two chicken fried steaks smothered in gravy with sliced onions, a triple meat bacon cheeseburger with fixings on the side, a cheese omelet with ground beef, tomatoes, onions, bell peppers, and jalapenos, a large bowl of fried orca with ketchup, one pound of barbecue with half a loaf of white bread, three fajitas with fixings, a meat lover's pizza, three root beers, one pint of blue bell vanilla ice cream, and a slab of peanut butter fudge with crushed peanuts. His request was granted. What the fuck? But he refused the meal when it arrived, saying that he was simply not hungry. That was the dick that prompted Texas to stop granting last meal requests to condemned inmates. That dick ruined it for everybody. Yeah. So. He was a white supremacist. Fuck that guy. Yeah. (laughs) uh, David Leon Woods was a convicted murderer. David Leon Woods, convicted murderer, requested a standard pizza and an entire birthday cake, both of which he shared with his family. Oh. Um, his birthday is like was three months after his, his execution. He spent 22 years on death row before he was put to death on May 4th, 2007 in Michigan, Indiana. Hmm. Um, There's a Michigan and Indiana? I don't know. What Apparently. <laughs> Guys, learn to name your shit different names. <laughs> Uh, Thomas J. Grazo, convicted of two separate murders of elderly people in different states over the top. Why? Um, he, he also went over the top. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> uh-huh. He requested two dozen steamed clams, a half a pound, a half a dozen barbecued ribs, a Burger King double cheeseburger, half a pumpkin pie with whipped cream, and two strawberry milkshakes, along with diced strawberries. And a can of SpaghettiOs to be served at room temperature. Ew! When he got his spaghetti and me, uh, what he got in his, when he got his meal, he had, he, why can I say this? When he got his meal, he got spaghetti and meatballs instead. A mistake he'd never forgive, as his final words were, I did not my, I did not get my SpaghettiOs. I got spaghetti. I wanted the press to know this. <laughs> did he get the other stuff? Yes. 
He just didn't get the one thing. I did not get my SpaghettiOs. I want the press to know this. <laughs> um, and our last one was Stephen Wayne Anderson, who committed burglary, assault, and eight counts of murder, including that of a fellow prisoner, requested two grilled cheese sandwiches, a pint of cottage cheese, a, hom- a hominy corn mixture, peach pie, and chocolate chip ice cream, and radishes on the side. Ew. He was, I, I'm pretty sure he was put on a liquid diet after. Mm-hmm. Um, he was ex- executed by lethal injection in California in 2002 at the age of 48. And that was my <laughs> short but sweet last meal list. I think that took you like 20 minutes. Did it? Yeah, I don't think it was short. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. I thought it was too short. And I was going to keep like looking for them. Uh-huh. But I wanted to have like facts about yeah last meals instead of just going on a list yeah but i think i'm gonna do that one again because it was really fun (laughs) today we're talking about daphne westbrook Mm -hmm. before i start i got my information oh fuck i didn't (laughs) do mine motherfuck you can say it now i don't i didn't write them that's why i don't remember oh shit well i got a lot of my information from reddit uh notably j tiger tail that's just the letter J, tiger, tail, T-A-I-L. <laughs> um, I got some information from Fox 13 News. Please don't come at me. I didn't realize it was Fox, and I don't think it's the same Fox. <laughs> so, you know, guys, please don't cancel me. Also from people.com, and uh, I think that's all the ones I actually use the information from. Okay. Are you going to eat this cookie? No, you can eat it. Okay, so I just told you I have a whole fucking pan of them. I remember that after I said that. <laughs> so Daphne is a is bright, sensitive, and funny. Rona, her mother, said that Daphne sees life in a way I can't even explain, and that once her mother had fully full custody of Daphne, she started... Once her mother had full custody, Daphne started to thrive. So, John Westbrook and Rona Kurtzinger divorced in, it seemed like they separated in 2009, legally divorced in 2011, can't tell, there was a few different sources, uh, when their daughter Daphne was seven years old. They shared custody of Daphne for five years until Rona petitioned for primary custody in 2016, which three years later was granted, ruling that John would have her every other weekend and be required to pay child support in August 2019. After the custody change, Daphne was outgoing, got her first job, and was working on both her high school diploma diploma at Chattanooga State Collegiate High and her associate's degree. On October 4th, 2019, Daphne took her dogs, Fern and Strawberry, to her dad's for his weekend. To her dad's for his weekend. I can't see my punctuation well enough to properly say any of my sentences. <laughs> On Sunday the 6th, she texted her mother that she'd be late because she and her friend were walking Fern. She left with Fern at 6.30 but did not return. Worried, Rona called Daphne's friends, but they had neither seen her or made plans for a walk with her. This elevated her panic, so she quickly reported Daphne missing. 
It was not until the 8th she'd get an update from Daphne herself, calling her mother perturbed over being reported missing. She then insisted that she wasn't missing and she wasn't coming home. Oh. Her phone, she hung up quickly. Her phone pinged in Dalton, Georgia, which is 35 miles southeast of Chattanooga. Later, on the 8th, Daphne's car was found at the entrance to Glen Falls Nature Trail in Chattanooga by park rangers who reported it being there for 24 hours. This trail is two miles from John's home. When questioned, John reported not knowing where she was. Um, and at this point, we don't even know, like, what level of danger she might be in. Sorry, I'm trying to get this yes. fucking paperclip off. Okay. Not working! <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Next contact is one week later when Daphne called Rona, speaking in a strange tone, and then giving no information before hanging up. On October 17th, we're at about... I think 11 days since she originally went missing. Mm -hmm. Rona gets a video message on a thread she'd made online about Daphne that was too dark to make out except for the lips, which her and a few other people agreed looked like Daphne's, only for it to be deleted a few minutes later. Oh. Yes. Um, And it didn't appear that they were, like, saying anything. It was a video? Mm -hmm. It just looked like they were just sitting there? Well, it was, like, dark, so you can only see, like, the lips. Oh. It's starting to look like she'd run away. Mm-hmm. Even though she was a happy kid, she'd learned recently that her father got a job in Colorado and was going to relocate, which family and friends think caused her to run away. The calls and messages stop. The family keeps pleading for updates, but there's nothing. else with that. Yeah. So they demand that John return Daphne to her mother. Um, and he stops cooperating with the cops, um, because they assume he's with her. She went missing in August, right? 2019. Sometime before January 23rd, he fled. They don't know when exactly, as we know, there was a panoramic going, so. (laughs) I say, a Patricia. (laughs) A pandemic. So, um... Then Rona does a formal request for the court to locate him. So they Not put Corona. in an actual, no, Rona. <laughs> <laughs> they put an actual request to find him. So uh, John is then charged with custodial interference in June 2020. Um, and then in mid to late 2020, he resurfaces um, dropping off a U-Haul in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh. So, around this time, one of Daphne's dogs runs away in Albuquerque, and he went to a local animal shelter to pick it up. This is the last confirmed sighting of Fern and Strawberry. Fuck. Yes. <laughs> okay, can we finish this episode? <laughs> we keep getting off. I keep getting off. I'm the not halfway through my story. Oh, God, I'll shut up. We can continue to speak in another room while I do yeah, other yeah, things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So... <clears throat> Fern or Strawberry are not seen again. So, the cops think that originally Daphne went along with her dad willingly because, you know, he was going to leave soon. But then her communication with her friends over the past 17 months 
kind of showed an increasingly depressed, isolated girl being held against her will. Um, a little bit about her dad. He's an IT expert, IT expert who specializes in cybersecurity, Bitcoin, and blockchain technology. Um, and then he's using all of that knowledge of the internet to conceal their movements so thoroughly that they cannot be traced. Wow. So nobody knows where she is. Their cell phones are always kept wrapped in an aluminum in aluminum foil, so calls can't go in or out. Um, her phone has only pinged the one time in the beginning. Uh, her phone and laptop are apparently locked away from her most of the time, um, and she can only use them with his permission. When he makes calls, he uses a VPN, a VPN, and a app similar to Google Voice, so that they can't pinpoint their location. Um, and forensic ana- analysts have been able to determine that he's earning money doing IT work using a VPN the whole time. So that's how he's keeping, that's how he's continuing to get money, but they can't trace it at all. Um, he has around 15 email addresses. He's used at least 10 pseudonyms since October 2019, and he has used at least two vehicles, an old pickup truck, and an orange rusted VW Beetle with a missing windshield and a missing license plate. It's super distinctive. They say that that's the the most uh, traceable car that he's been using. Um, Because it looks so fucking crazy. It's orange. Yes. Um, He also has bought hair dye, false teeth, and other pieces to disguises. So both of them could look nothing like how they normally look. That's a lot of work to go through. Yes. Keep your daughter. Yes. Um, They contacted Interpol, and Interpol could not find him. Um, A lot of witnesses who've seen them have said that she was constantly drugged or drinking. Uh, she She appeared at all times to be in an altered state. Um... There was a sighting of him, of both of them, in Denver, Colorado, in November 2020. Maybe he was voting. I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> but maybe he was voting. <laughs> um, there was, he was seen on CCTV in Santa Fe. What uh, his ID? Sorry. Hmm? What his ID ping? Or, like, what his numbers? I think he could use you- one of his pseudonyms. You'd have to be registered to vote as that. That's what I mean. <laughs> so That's funny, I, don't, I don't know. Um, in February 2021, like up until then, she had not been physically seen since quite a while. Mm-hmm. Months, like almost a year. So then in February 2021, Daphne's Bible is found in a trash can outside of a Trader Joe's in Santa Fe. In the same month, um, she messaged her friend saying she wanted to kill herself. Up until this point, before she had gone missing, she had been under, like, a medical, a a medicine, she'd been taking a medication to try to help her deal with some mental issues that she had, but it was, like, a pretty rigorous treatment plan, and she hasn't been allowed to see a doctor since then, so they think that that's, like, taking even more of a toll than being sequestered from her support system. Mm -hmm. Um... They tracked them to living for a few weeks in Pueblo, Colorado. On February 23rd, 
He was formally charged with aggravated kidnapping and flagrant non-support of a child. Uh, they also decided to make the search public, issuing a bolo for both of them and the vehicles they were using so everyone could be on the lookout for them. Um, since then, there have been sightings that are confirmed or not com- they're not confirmed in Gunnison, Colorado, Seattle, Washington, and Tampa, Florida. Um, there was a confirmed sighting on Fort Walton Beach in Florida it, on March 6th of both of them. That Well, two people that matched their description and they were driving a VW that looked like the missing one. Um, on Between March 5th and 7th, a search warrant was enacted on his sister Starla. He has two sisters that they think are aiding him. Starla and Crystalline. So, what kind of fucking? They both live in Florida. So. Pageant girl names for yeah. those. Yeah. So they served it on Starlo's home in Sebring, and they seized all of her electronics. They think that he's been going back and forth there, though, just because they're still in contact. They know they're still in contact. Um, on March 10th, they issued Tennessee issued an Amber Alert in. Uh, Georgia, they issued, there was a sighting of both of them, and then they issued an Amber Alert on the 12th. Um, and then I believe Florida has also issued an Amber Alert since then. So her description right now is she is 17, 5'3", 110 pounds, long, wavy, light brown hair, and brown eyes. John is 6'4", 200 pounds, brown hair, blue eyes. The eyes and the hair could have changed since then for both of them um if anyone sees them or has any information they should contact 423-209-7415 or 1-800-TBI-FIND or they can email tips to tbi at tn.gov they can also submit tips through finding daphne at hcdatn.org um, and finally, there was just a confirmed sighting of her in on March 29th in Santa Fe, New Mexico. So everybody in those areas should be on the lookout for them. Um, and that, then that VW that they're driving is crazy. So up, you can you can yes. spot that anywhere. Yes, it has like it's like a rusty orange. And the whole back of it is, like, different color oranges. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's a 1981 Volkswagen Beetle without a license plate or a windshield. Which um, is surprising that they didn't get stopped. Because of the license plate or the windshield? Yeah. yeah those are both <laughs> two very... Um, she and she just... They just had... Let me try to find the picture real quick. They just put up a... She looks like half the little girls that walk into our store. Yeah. He, okay, his face looks like a version of the face of, who's his name? It's the guy who plays the multiple, multiple, Patricia. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The bald man, Patricia. You know what I mean. Yeah, you're talking about. James McAvoy. Yeah. (laughs) He looks very similar to James McAvoy, like bone structure wise. Yeah, for sure. Not hair or like Eyes, yes, his eyes are normally blue, like James McAvoy's, but his mm. bone structure is James McAvoy's. For sure. He got a little crazy in his eyes, so that's... Yeah, he definitely has unhinged, liked James McAvoy. 
So, um, her mother has been in constant contact with, um, the news. Uh, she also has been really aggressive with trying to get some progress with this. Um, she has some, I have some quotes from her, if I can find them. It's not this, it's not this tab, so fuck me. Okay, which also, it's believed that her message to her friend was not intercepted by her dad. The one where she said she wanted to kill herself. Okay, so, they think she's being subdued somehow. Um, In an appeal to Fox Fox 13, Rona said, Please know that nobody is angry. You are so loved. It is not your fault you are in that situation. This is not her fault. I need her to be okay. I need that. I will do everything that I that I can to make sure she is. She said that she didn't realize her ex-husband had the potential to be a dangerous person until after her daughter was taken. And then said, looking back, hindsight, it is much clearer when you are in the moment. There were a lot of warning signs. I just didn't see them. Wow. Um, she says also that... Um, she wants her appeal to the news and people watching it was, please share the story with every single person that you know. If you think you see her, if you think you see him, reach out. Um, as we know, he was indicted last month on charges. She said, um, well, since it sounds like he's, they have a lot of credible, I guess, testimonies to thinking that he's keeping her drugged in order to control her. Mm-hmm. She said, I need the steps to be taken to give her the emotional and physical support she needs. Every teenager deserves that. Every person deserves that. Yeah. Which is very apt. Um, This version has been updated. Okay. Um, He also was seen, it doesn't give a description of the car he was seen in, but it was like kind of red. It looked like it might have been a a hatchback. It looked like a station wagon, but not a station wagon, if you know what I mean. Like a smaller version of a station wagon. Old, weird blocky shape, but like it was like all red and not fucking Mm -hmm. wood paneling or anything. Sounds like something you could buy super cheap off of a lot. Yes. For like 500 bucks or something. Exactly. Um, and just the knowledge that he has working constantly against the police to keep her, like, it's just very, yeah, it's very bad. Um, so yeah, just keep on the lookout. Um, and it's a currently developing story. She's been missing for almost, she's missing for a year and a half. So that's, wow. Yeah. So. Hopefully they can find her, but the good thing is that since everywhere has been putting out Amber Alerts, they've been getting a lot more tips mm-hmm. and sightings, possible or not. Um, and that's my entire story for you. That was very good. Thank you. Yours was very good as well. It's almost like we had a good episode. Well, just another one for the books. Yep. Tell your friends, guys. Don't ever forget that. Don't forget to tell your friends. Every week when you're having your little chat with them. Um, shout out to our friend, Cassie, who listens. And she is Brianna's best friend, because I just said our friend. And that makes her your friend, too. Sure. <laughs> and also, shout out to... I guess I will maybe cut this after I say it. Shout out to a person 
who suggested a story, which we are going to do later, and I can't say who they are or what the story was, but you'll know. You'll know. Just make sure you listen. Just make sure you listen for hidden clues. Secret messages. Starting in episode 80. Starting in episode 80. We will be saying the secret words. Oh my god, let's just cut all that. To activate (laughs) the sleeper agent. Yep, I have to cut it all now. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to another fucking sick ass episode. Um, you can find adjoining photos and information on our Instagram and Twitter at Gumshoe Weekly, and our Facebook at Gumshoe Pod. And mm, yes, Gumshoe Pod. You can email us suggestions or thoughts, feelings at whatever you need to. Whatever you feel like you should share. Mm-hmm. Come shoe weekly at gmail.com. Thank you. Bye.